Hello and welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club episode 42. It is 42, right? We, we yeah. changed that. Yeah. Yes, we did. <laughs> awesome. My name is Mark Champlin and today I'm joined by Alex Wallace. Going strong so far. Um, I'm recording I'm recording in a different uh, room, so you're going to hear some echo, so apologies. I know everyone was um, very curious to, as to what the, the problem could be. <laughs> Yeah, because this podcast usually sounds so good, so it's really throwing people off. What's up, girls and gays? I I I went I went clubbing last night and got f- fucking wasted and had to try to sober up while watching this movie, and that was fucking awful. <laughs> you 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 every it's we shouldn't always do Sunday morning slash afternoon because I don't want to have to have to ruin your Sunday mornings. Not that you would have had a great Sunday morning after going clubbing, but you, you don't have to watch a Resident Evil movie. Most people don't have to get up and watch Resident Evil <laughs> on their Sunday after going after going clubbing. Yeah, this was the, okay. I worked like I worked like five days in a row this week, and then this is my only day off, and I'm going right back to work again tomorrow. And I spent it being hungover, sitting at my desk, pounding water eating a peanut butter and banana sandwich to try to soak up the residual alcohol in my brain uh, and watching Resident Evil Instinction. And I, I gotta say, it, it, it really does feel like we're, we're kind of returning home here after we, we kind of, we had some dalliances. Uh, you know, we were, we, you know, we watched some racist Pac-Man shows. We watched the homophobic Game Grump eat sports bullshit. And now we're just, we're coming back to our roots here on Cartridge Cinema Club with just a, just a shithouse action movie for idiots. <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell me about Resident Evil Extinction, Mark. Uh, Resident Evil Extinction, it really does feel like coming home. It's like... <laughs> This is this is like how I felt when I first played like Fallout 4 and I was like this game like sucks and I can tell that it sucks objectively but like man I'm playing a Fallout game that sure is a thing I did when I was young <laughs> um, Resident Evil Extinction um is a 2007 action horror film. I made this joke last episode. It's just an action film. Yep. There's maybe one thing that's remotely scary. The rest of it is just uh, people shooting other th- things um, with loud music in the backgrounds. Um, Paul W. S. Anderson returns to write uh, the third, uh, s- the third Resident Evil sequel. It is a direct sequel to Resident Evil Apocalypse, um, and uh, it's a little bit different this time in that uh, it takes place a few years after the last one. I was disappointed that they didn't keep the, the kind of cool um, thing going where they just started right where the last one picked up. But I guess that wasn't necessarily sustainable because... Yeah. I mean, one but, makes I mean, a pattern, so it was surprising that yeah. they didn't keep doing that. It, it's true. <laughs> uh, I, I, Mila Jovovich can only sustain so many traumas very, very close together before our... our um, our, our suspension of disbelief gets uh, gets affected. So they gave her a little bit of downtime uh, in between these movies. Um, uh, you wanna you wanna tell me about uh, the plot because it's actually a little bit easier to follow this time. I think. Yeah, man. I, I I recently went back and and listened to the Resident Evil Apocalypse episode that we recorded in preparation for this episode, and I think I spent like. 10 straight minutes trying to like go over all of the shit that fucking happens in the 90 minute span of that movie uh this one 
also is trying to do 12 things at once, but it's like, it's more coherent and easy to follow. It's, it's, mm -hmm. th there's less bullshit in this one overall. Um, so like Mark said, it's, it's a couple years after the last movie and zombies have now completely taken over the world. And for some reason that means that the whole planet is a desert now. I don't really know why. Um, and the baddies are making like clones of Mila Jovovich, who is now like a super soldier. And they're doing that so they can cure the zombie disease, I think, or something. And they also want to domesticate the zombies and make them slaves with like this super serum. Uh, but luckily for you, that plot line doesn't go anywhere. So you don't have to worry <laughs> I forgot, about it. I forgot that that was involved. <laughs> it, it just, it's like... An interesting concept like there's this scene in the kind of early on in the film where like the scientists have this zombie like strapped to a chair and they've got like some children's toys and a couple other things on a table in front of them and they like shoot him up with the serum and then he's like able to put the square peg through the square hole and I thought that was like kind of an interesting conceit and then that's just completely dropped Same. like halfway through the movie and never comes up again um and also uh Wesker from from the from the games is in it now and i just gotta say real quick that watching a real life actual human being have to look like albert wesker who is just the most cartoonish looking fucking character is great he's got the sunglasses and the slick back hair and the trench coat and he just looks like such a fucking tool and that's fantastic uh and then mila jovovich and like a billion other characters are aimlessly driving around the desert and killing zombies until the umbrella corporation inevitably shows up and tries to murder all of them and then at the end she kills the evil evil doctor guy and she frees all the clones and then some other bullshit is gonna happen in the next one probably um and i'm gonna say overall this is the least bad of the three Resident Evil movies we've watched so far, which is not saying a lot, but that's that's my stance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, my my stance would um, I, I'll go as I'll go so far as to say that I somewhat enjoyed watching this movie. Wild, and I will concede. I will concede that this is purely like a Stockholm syndrome thing, <laughs> of that I I have watched so many. I'm I'm locked in an eternal battle against uh, the the video game movie genre, and uh, it's a battle that I will lose um, <laughs> inevitably. Uh, but the, it's not often that I actually get to watch a 90 minutes film that feels like a tight 90 minutes, in that the pacing wasn't terrible, the plot was easy to follow, um, the the characters most for the most part were not annoying and insufferable um the the action was uh you know a little bit incoherent but at least it was like bright outside and there wasn't you know inner inner cuts of house of the dead flashing in front of my eyes um so for all those reasons and also the big thing with this series is that the intro and the and the ending of all three of these movies so far have been like fucking rad um, and then the middle of the movie is largely like uneventful or boring. That follows through for this one, but this one was kind of less boring, and I kind of cared a little bit what happens in the middle. Um, so all that being said, no, this movie's not actually worth your time. Nope. If you're like, if you are not forced to watch video game movies, <laughs> you know you shouldn't watch this movie. Um, don't don't spend three ninety nine on it um, <laughs> like I did. Uh, but yeah. you know, I, I, that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of in this position of like, the best thing that I can say about this movie is that it was not physically painful for me to sit through, uh, which yes. I would say 
the other two movies in this series were, uh, and most of the movies that we watched on this podcast are, um, this one, it's, it's, it's just bad. Like, it's just a bad movie. Like, it's just kind of a shitty action movie. It's not, like, insulting to all of my sensibilities. At one- like, okay, there's parts of it that are insulting. But, like, yeah. it is not It is not constantly <laughs> hammering into your brain with how fucking excruciating it is. It's, it's just yeah. a shitty action movie, which is about all we can ask for. Um, I think Mark and I both had... Each had one thing that we wanted to call yeah. out as a thing we thought was actually good in this movie, which is wild. Um, so, can, do you want to talk about the zombie crows a little bit? Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll go. We'll go over the the goods and bads. Uh, the 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 good standout. Um, something about like birds is always like scary for me. So, me specifically, when I saw. So, one thing about the setting for this movie that you will notice is that it's just like a wasteland, like a barren. Type of like, type of like New Vegas type of feel. It's a where it's shitty just, Mad Max movie. Basically. It's it's a shitty Mad. Yeah, yeah, it is a shitty Mad Max movie, and uh, as such, they're just out in the desert, kind of driving most of the time, and the so it wouldn't make sense for just like hordes of zombies to be the only thing, which they're for the most part is yeah. just hordes of zombies attacking them, of course. Um, but at one point, there's like. They're they're in this camp which they made out of an old uh, rundown gas station, and then a couple crows show up, and then suddenly there's like thousands of crows on like every surface, and the crows are like undead crows because they've been feasting off of the the rotten you know zombie flesh, and so they are like zombie crows, <laughs> and they start just like smashing their bodies into the into the windows of the cars and into the buildings and start like pecking at the windows of like the school bus where all the kids are and um a couple people like die and just get pecked to death and um there was more tension and excitement in that scene because like guns were not nearly as effective Mm -hmm. uh and i enjoyed that enjoyed that they actually came up with an enemy that you know they couldn't shoot in the face or do hilariously over the top dual wielding machete <laughs> tricks uh, to take out. They actually had to like they had like a flamethrower, which turned out to not be super useful. And then they kind of the, the bad about this scene is Mila Jovovich uh, Deus Ex Machina's her way into the scene and uh, explodes them with her with a mind crush yeah. of like. Like a flame explosion, like she's fucking Mewtwo or something. It's such a weird conceit in this movie that like Milodovich like has like psychic powers that maybe come up like twice in the movie. Yeah, she she can kind of do anything, right? There's at one point she's she's dreaming and she's having a stressful dream, and this causes her to like force levitate a bunch of rocks around her and her motorcycle. And then she like wakes up and snaps into focus and all the rocks fall. And, and then her motorcycle also falls and like breaks because yeah. she like accidentally levitated it too high and then woke up and snapped it when she it's, 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 she's like fucking like Mewtwo. Like she has a bunch of weird psychic powers, including like fire powers. <laughs> yeah. And she kind of doesn't use them that much because I guess she does the thing where, you know, every one of these shows and movies, they, they do a really cool thing. And then, oh, God, my head. Oh, I can't do that one again. <laughs> or else, yeah. or else the, 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 the screenwriters would have to, would have to not have to come have up with to the rest of the plot. write me out of scripts because I'm too yeah. OP. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I wanted to shout out, um, there's a scene in this movie that felt out of place because it felt like a scene that would be in a good movie. 
right? <laughs> and that's the part where uh, one of the... 12 interchangeable characters in this movie. We'll get to that. Uh, like, gets bitten by a zombie, so he's, like, infected and he's gonna die anyway. So he decides to, like, make a, like, noble sacrifice by getting into this truck and, like, that has all this dynamite in it and having all the zombies swarm at him and then he's gonna blow it up. And, like, throughout the whole movie, they're they're constantly talking about how, you know, it's in the apocalypse, they don't got any fucking cigarettes, and they're all really stressed out about that. Um... And, and that's that's a nice human moment actually. Yeah. I liked that too. Yeah, there's there's occasional touches like that that kind of work. And in this in this character's last scene, he's like lying back in this truck and he says like, "God, I wish I had a smoke right now." And then he looks over and notices that one of the characters who had died in a previous scene had left a joint in the car. And so it's just this there's this shot of it like slowly zooming out from the sunroof <laughs> and he's just like token up as these zombies start to like swarm the the truck and then the truck like explodes and i i i thought that was kind of cool and poignant and kind of worked even though he was a completely meaningless character they managed to give him like some semblance of personality in that moment yeah it was one of those things the rare things in these this series where the character had like a moment of characterization established earlier on and then you know with his finale in the movie he actually gets to execute on that same character moment yeah uh, and this is it's fucking pathetic know, they, that that's like wow this is 101 <laughs> wow they, shit, they like. set up a character trait and then paid it off later in the script incredible what can, what can't paul ws anderson do <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. Overall, I think this movie like still sucks pretty bad. And I feel like the, the main thing is that these movies are just constantly trying to be like 15 different things at once. And they're, they just end up being bad at all of those things. I still don't think that they can put together a competent action scene in this series to save their lives. It's, it's not, this movie is not as gray and blurry as the first two. Like one of my big gripes with those first two movies is that they're just so fucking dull to look at. Um, and this one, like, you know, the, the desert aesthetic kind of works. There's a few nice shots and like some abandoned buildings. Then like, there's some decent lighting in this movie, but like overall, like I, I didn't really find any of the action scenes really engaging. It's, it's still that fucking close up shaky cam style action scene that I just can't fucking stand. And I, I think is bad filmmaking to be totally honest. Um, and it, and it didn't really come together for me. Um, I, I do want to specifically zero in on the intro to this movie uh, and why it annoys me so much um, mm -hmm. because it's really good uh, yeah. and that's and that sucks and here's why it's that sucks. Really good. So so it's good on so many levels. It's it's too. great. It's really yeah. really good. So like the the <laughs> opening. Okay, the 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 opening shot of the movie is Mila Jovovich passed out naked in a shower. <laughs> but bear with me. That that sucks. God, how many fucking movies for this podcast have started out with a naked woman or a woman being brutalized or both? <laughs> like, and this, yeah, yeah, this movie this delivers on true. that. <laughs> um, but okay, so she wakes up in the shower and then she wanders around the mansion from the first movie, uh, and then eventually she gets killed uh, by some of the baddies and she gets dumped into a pit that's just full of other Mila Jovoviches and they're all like mangled and shit. And like, that's a great setup because that, that's like how the movie starts. And you're like, oh shit, what's going on here? And, but, but I wasn't like, oh shit, what's going on here? Instead I was like, they're gonna fuck this up. 
I know yep. that this movie is not going to pay this off well. I know that they're going to blow their load on this and totally ruin all the intrigue as fast as possible, and they're not going to do anything interesting with it. And surprise, surprise, they explain, like, in the first 20 minutes why they're the clones are there and, like, just, like, hand wave it away, and it, like, ends up not factoring into, like, most of the film. Like, the clones are relevant in the first five minutes and in the last five minutes. And that's, like, the biggest problem with these movies is that they... They have these interesting concepts. Like all of the like all of these movies start with something interesting. Start with, you know, oh, there's all of these clones. What's going on with that? Oh, she's in this facility and she has psychic powers. What's going on with that? And then like the bulk of the film, like the middle like hour and 20 minutes of the movies is just boring action scenes of characters screaming and shooting guns at zombies. And and they're not they're never playing with the interesting tools that they have at their disposal in these films. And it, it's it's just frustrating. Like, I just knew that this was going to be... That they weren't going to do anything with it, and I was proven correct almost immediately. Yeah, the the thing with this movie is, like, the intro, it gets established that they're still running these fucking experiments about Project Alice, which is, you know, the, the, the thing with her, the fact that she has these zombie powers, that she's infected, but her body has adjusted to it and they're trying to figure out what to do with that so they're trying to to clone her to use that knowledge to develop science and the whole thing is like okay when is the real Mila Jovovich going to like get to this facility and get to the bottom of this and so it kind of feels like well the actual like real plot of this movie is getting Mila Jovovich and that scientist dude together in a room. And that's the last fucking five minutes of this movie. Mm -hmm. So that it's like they didn't do, they didn't make those characters in the middle, like the actual like party um, that's traveling across the desert and trying to get to Alaska, which (laughs) like, yeah, that ends up kind of being the plot. They, (laughs) they do, they discover there's a safe haven in Alaska and they, the, the three survivors who made it through take a helicopter there, whatever, right? Because, like, the movie doesn't do enough to make you give a shit about that. And you're just thinking, well, can we skip this and get to, like, the really cool part where we see what Ian Glenn is doing? And, yeah, the very final shot of this movie, again, it's 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 cool, you know? it She 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 hacks into the, um, the, the meeting room with the new Umbrella Corp uh, uh, higher-ups, and... And she's like, hey, you guys, I'm going to fucking find you and I'm going to bring all my friends. And it zooms out and you see that there's like actually like a fucking hundred Mila Jovoviches on ice. And she's going to wake him up and do crazy shit. Except, you know, she's not because yeah. because we have seen this series. Yeah, this is what they do. Um, yeah. And so I think we do really need to talk about uh, the issues around the the cast and like the yeah. the set of characters in this movie. Um, and I yeah. have several of them. The first one I'm going to address real quick, which is, you ever watch a movie and you can tell that the casting director has a type? Because that <laughs> shit annoys the shit out of me. Because, like, goddamn, like, it's, it's, it's really telling when the last three characters that end up surviving are the skinny white blonde women and that all look exactly the same. Like, that shit is just so infuriating to me. Yeah. It's really bad. And then, and then the other <laughs> thing about it is just, like, I, I do not understand why the fuck these movies insist on having, like, 12 principal characters in them. Like, okay, there's a scene in this movie where, like, all of them are, like, in this, like, tent, and they're strategizing around the table, and they're, like, 
seven fucking people in the room, most of whom we, we get absolutely nothing from. Like, these movies are short, dude. They're 90 minutes and 10 of them are credits. You know, like, yeah. there's not a lot of time to, like, establish character development. There's not a lot of time to establish personalities between the characters. There's not a lot of time to establish any kind of relationships between the characters. The guy that dies in the weed explosion, like, him and Mila Jovovich kiss at the end of the movie, who the fuck knows why they barely talk to each other through most of the film and like like they're they're in this convoy with all of these people there's literally like an entire bus full of children who show like and you know that they're there with the rest of the characters throughout the film but they're like barely mentioned and they like don't factor into the plot like it feels like they just want to cram as many bodies into this film as possible <laughs> Yeah, because they don't know how to establish tension without making characters die. Yeah. So they need to have a large cast so that characters can die. It's it's not like when, you know, every season of Game of Thrones, one main character will, like, die or, like, two or, like, oh, a bunch of them died. But there's still, like, six more because <laughs> that's a whole fucking show. This, again, this is, this is 80 minutes. <laughs> there's not time to give these people emotional reasons to die so and then god the worst thing the actual the, the thi okay i mentioned earlier that there is something that is like downright insulting in this movie uh and gotta say you're gonna be surprised it's the treatment of the black characters um so i i'm not surprised so <laughs> so in the uh, Resident Evil Apocalypse episode, we spoke at length uh, about the black comedy relief guy in that movie. Uh, I think his name is LJ, uh, because of fucking course it is. Um, <laughs> and he reappears in this film, which was shocking to me, because I figured like they maybe would have wised up. Um, and, and I kind of get the impression that like the actor that played that character like had a talk with them and was like, you know, with like with his agent in the room and was just like, look, I'll come back. But like this shit where my character carries gold pistols and wears a pimp coat. Not and like dri drives a low rider with like a grill. Yeah. Um, I'm not super into that. And so like he is toned down in this film to an extent. He is not as like ridiculous uh, of a like offensive racial stereotype in this film, uh, right. but but then they, hmm, boy, they give them a love interest, and there's okay, something that I really want to note about this real quick is that I am pretty sure that this is the third black female character on this podcast in any of the things we watched after 42 fucking episodes of this podcast. One of which was Big Bertha from the Super Mario Bros. movie. <laughs> was the other one... Um, the other one is one Rampage. Of the characters, it, yeah. wasn't, one of the, wasn't there a character in uh, Good Game who was also... Oh, God, there um, is a character a in Good Game, too. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Okay, fourth, then. So, fourth. so basically, one one in every ten things we've watched for this podcast <laughs> will feature a minor character who is a black woman. Um, yeah. And, and they just fucking fridge her. They just fucking fridge her immediately. Uh, and, and if you don't know what that means... Okay. There's the concept of women in refrigerators. It's sort of the shorthand for, like, the way that 
uh, a male character's love interest gets killed off early on in order to give him uh, a motivation to continue doing whatever he's doing. This movie doesn't even really have that because the the comedy relief guy doesn't even, like, he really doesn't even factor into the plot. He's just there to say, like, aw, shit, every once in a while. You know, like, he's not really essential. Um, and in case you were curious, yes, he was the one who stashed the joint away in the car. Oh, yeah, because, of course. Of course. Because, of course. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> to mention that. Uh, and then he dies, too. Uh, so, yeah. so this movie has two black characters. Both of them die. Uh, you might have noticed in Resident Evil Apocalypse, there were two black characters. One of them died, and the other one was the offensive stereotype. Uh, and every single other character in the movie is white. Yeah, uh, the director has a type. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the director it's, has a type, uh, and he has an anti-type. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like... Uh, in the 2000s and also now but like it's i'm sure things are slightly better uh the people just were like they didn't know how to write like a black character without like making him either like oh we gotta walk on eggshells and make him not act like he is black at all and have him act exactly like every other character or just be completely like an offensive stereotype yeah. that is completely tone deaf it's it's hard. It's bad. Yeah, it's real bad. <laughs> Any other thoughts on Resident Evil Apocalypse before we move on here? <laughs> How many more of these are there? I think there's like four more. I'm really not looking forward to the next one. I, 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 I'm looking forward to being one of the few people, one of the, the only person in my social circle who has seen them all. Um, and by looking forward to, I mean, this will be a fun thing to to mention once at a party and then hear the people go, oh, that's weird. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm looking forward to grossly overestimating how interesting it is that I've seen these in a social <laughs> setting and then being disappointed by the reaction. <laughs> All right. Girls and gays, there's something we need to address. Um, so normally at this point in the program, this is where we would be going on to talk about what we're going to watch next week but uh i, I we need to uh, we need to address a sort of elephant in the room here so uh this this friday uh this coming friday on my birthday <laughs> the angry birds movie 2 is coming out now if if you have if you're not a regular listener to the podcast i i strongly recommend that you go back and listen to uh our first episode about the angry birds movie uh, I think it's one of the best episodes we've done, and and we go over how that movie, uh, it's just 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 really fucking racist. Just it's literally like an anti-immigration propaganda film, and I'm saying that like we say stuff like that on this podcast, like kind of as a joke, but I like genuinely believe that that film is like harmful uh, and has like really disgusting rhetoric in it, which is hilarious because it's the fucking Angry Birds movie. Also, they drink piss in it, um, <laughs> and so I put out I put out a poll. On the, on the Cartridge Cinema Club Twitter, and I asked, I asked the people, do we subject ourselves to going to see Angry Birds 2 in theaters, or do we tell these motherfuckers to go fuck themselves, we're not giving their money, we're going to wait until we can pirate it, and then we'll pirate it. Uh, and the overwhelming uh, response was that the people spoke up in favor of our mental health, and uh, we will not be watching Angry Birds 2 this weekend, but we will... 
at some point be doing Angry Birds 2 for this podcast. Just Yeah, tr- Triple C Nation came through on this one. Thanks, everybody. Because <laughs> yeah, because before even seeing the poll, I had messaged Alex and I said, I'm not paying to see Angry Birds <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> so I'm glad that you guys agree. <laughs> yeah. So so instead, next week, I, I personally think that we deserve to watch something that's not painful to sit through. So what are we watching next week, Mark? Um, we're watching some more Pokemans. Mm-hmm. I'm, I haven't seen this one. It's oh, really? the, the, the third one. No, I've only seen the first two. Okay. And uh, I've only actually seen the first two like arcs of the anime either. I've only seen up to the Orange Islands in the anime. Um, so, yeah. So we're watching Pokemon 3, the, the movie, colon, ante, hyphen, spell of the unknown. <laughs> God, this movie <laughs> is titled... Like, the, the, style, the way the title is styled is... Pokemon 3, colon, colon, the movie, colon, colon. Entei, dash, spell dash. of the unknown. Uh, so this one came out in 2000 in Japan, not to be confused with Pokemon 2000, which came out in 1999. Yep. Um, uh, so, uh, I don't know, you've seen it. You're, t- you're saying that this is like a weird one where there's a little girl who becomes psychic best friends with Entei. Wait, so Entei... Um, don't crucify me. Entei's the fire dog, right? Yeah, he's the he's the okay. fire legendary beast. Yeah, so uh, I haven't and seen unknown. This oh, oh, unknown, unknown are involved as well with this one. Okay, so that that's that's not like a misspelling of no. the word unknown. No, that's, that's because the, the Pokemon unknown is in this. Yes, yes. Um, and they are the the in they're, melee. They're like the little black like thingies. That, yeah, that like, are shaped like letters across the screen. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I haven't seen this in like over a decade, probably more than that. Uh, and. Yeah. But from what I remember, this is the really fucking weird one. Uh, it's so, like, I, I recall that there's, like, a little girl, and she has, like, her, and there's something with her dad, and then I think her dad dies, and then Entei shows up, and Entei is her new dad, and then she, like, <laughs> establishes, like, a psychic link with Entei and builds a giant crystal castle, and, like, it's really, really weird. And I'm I'm really looking forward to watching it because I I remember like even as a child thinking that this movie was like fucking bizarre, um, and so I'm I'm interested to see uh, now as a nearly 24 year old uh, how I'm gonna feel about this one. That sounds rad. I'm yeah. excited. Where can people find the podcast on the internet, Mark? Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Cartridge Cinema. Uh, you can join the Discord. It is linked on the pinned post of the Twitter. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and Spotify uh, and SoundCloud. Um, thanks for listening wherever you listen. Uh, thanks for rating us on iTunes. We've, I think we're up to the double digits of <laughs> ratings, Hell which yeah. is sick. Uh, we're trending tab. Here we come. Um, the music is by DJ Tin Man. The art is by Courtney Kaufman. Um, I'm going to record some more music. Paperback uh, scroll coming soon. <laughs> it, it, uh, by, by, by the by, if you like uh, acoustic, emo, folk, punk music, um, I'm making one of those musics yeah. with my guitar and harmonica and voice. So uh, for me, it will continue to be Tuesday as I record folk <laughs> punk. <laughs> it was funny. Like I was listening to it. I was listening to your, to to it with with Olive, and she was like, "Wow, this is really good." Like I'm surprised. If I didn't know Mark, I would probably still listen to this. 
That's which I thought so was sick. very sweet. Yeah, yes. fucking for me it was Tuesday. <laughs> That's the highest possible compliment I could receive. Yeah. That was like that was like when I did a show at Chain Reaction in high school and there were kids who were not friends with me who still came because they thought that my music was cool. That's awesome. That That's was super rad. sick. I peaked at age seventeen. <laughs> Just <laughs> kidding. That not. would be terrible. Definitely not. <laughs> Can you hear that on your end? Sounded like an electric toothbrush or yeah, something. Yeah, somebody is like loudly vacuuming upstairs right now, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna chill for a second. That's um, cool. I hope that I hope that it's just someone vacuuming, and hopefully it will stop shortly, so I can complain about how they fridge both of the black characters in this movie. Uh, punching the ceiling, ma'am, ma'am, I'm trying to record my podcast. <laughs> um, hello. It's peak, peak millennial is going to your boomer neighbor and telling them to stop vacuuming so you can record your podcast. <laughs> God.